my goodness, you know, this is wonderful. Hello and welcome to This is Cannabis from X-Ray FM, the show that takes an insider look at the Oregon cannabis scene. I'm your host, Lee Henderson, and uh, sadly, my co-host Emma Chasen is off this week, but fear not, for we have a great show, uh, despite Emma's absence, because my guest today is one of my favorite people in the world, Lori Wolf. Lori is the founder of Lori and Mary Jane, a top-shelf, full-spectrum edibles company located right here in Portland. Uh, In addition to her best-in-class company, she is an award-winning chef and the author of four best-selling cannabis cookbooks. Leafly, the largest cannabis website in the world, has called her brownie recipe, quote, the absolute best cannabis brownie recipe of all time. And she was titled the Martha Stewart of Edibles by no less a cultural authority than the New Yorker magazine. Lori Wolf, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Lee. Mm-hmm. It's great to be here. It's great to have you. Thank you so much, Lee. It's great to see it's you. It's great to see you. I haven't seen you in a while. I know. It's been a very busy time. It has. What's oh. going on? Well, things are good. Mm-hmm. Things are good with the business. Yep. Uh, we just released four cookies and... I mean, not literally four cookies, right. four different types of cookies. Yes. It would be easy if it had just been just four been cookies. Four. Yeah. yeah, and you're like, that's it, I'm good for the yeah, quarter. Yeah, we're good. We have a control study. They check four, and we're good to go. Yeah. But no, it's um, we're growing, and we have good people, and, and things are good. I'm like famous for saying, oh, my God, this is a dreadful business. Right, and we're going to get to that for yeah, sure. But things are fine. Okay, good. Um, so... Um, Right off the bat, we should stipulate that Lori and I have known each other for a long time. Yeah. Uh, You were one of the first people I met in the business. Um, And uh, we've been been friends for kind of since we met. Absolutely. Uh, We've had dinner together many times at our respective houses. Yes, we have. With our families. Yeah. Uh, Interesting sort of just like note, um, you have become very close with my mother-in-law. I have. Which is great. Yeah. Shout out to my mother-in-law, Kathy. Oh, she's wonderful. She is. I'm sure she'll listen to this. Oh, I hope so. I'm sure she's going to listen to this. Oh, cool. Um, But uh, yeah, and you guys have like vacationed together. We have. And it's like a family affair now. It is. It is. We've spent, we went to Tahoe and stayed with them for a few days and Kathy and Charlie were amazing. We had a blast. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. They're just great. They are. So, all right. So just want to get that right off the thing that, uh, right off the bat that we, you and I have a nice history. uh, We have a a nice personal history. Okay. Uh, so that said, um, you have to be my interview guest now. Okay. Okay. Um, so my first question is like you've, you know, I do know you and, and you've had a really, really interesting and extensive career. And I wanted to ask you to tell us a little bit about it, about yourself and about it. Sure. I I grew up in the Bronx, mm-hmm. in New York, mm-hmm. and I had, you know, pretty traditional younger life and smoked some pot starting when I was 15. But uh, I went through college. I went to NYU And then I went to the Culinary Institute of America in Hyde Park. And after that, I lived in New York and I worked in restaurants in the city. And I met my husband and became a food stylist. He was a photographer. He is a photographer. photographer, Yeah. Yeah. Your husband, Bruce, who was a... I, you know, so you're a little bit older than me and I, you were, you were in New York, like this is like the seventies, right? Yeah. Yeah. And seventies and eighties. And I, and I imagine Bruce, I've always thought about Bruce as like, um, like the cool hippie, uh, commercial photographer guy in advertising for Mad Men, you know, like yeah, the yeah, TV yeah. show, Matt, like that's how I imagined him back then. Oh, uh, funny. And you know, when we watched Mad Men, he... It, it was hard for him to watch because he remembered. Right, like, that was like his literal experience. Yeah, like with the ad agencies, it was pretty horrifying. Um, and right. he, you know, you got to take it. You know, when you're offered a job, you got to take it. Right. But the culture at that time was really a, a disaster. Right, it's uh, so much better now. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, so so sorry yeah so so your husband Bruce is commercial uh, photographer in New York City working in advertising yeah and he talked to me about food styling I didn't know it I didn't even know it existed right. even though I had gone to the Culinary Institute for a two year program that wasn't something that they talked about mm-hmm. as an option for people who were chefs right um, but after Bruce you know talked to me about it it sounded like fun I apprenticed for a year 
with a very well-known food stylist. And and then I became a food stylist, and mm-hmm. I did that for— So what does that mean for our listeners that like may not know? That means that you're preparing food to be photographed. Yeah. And that's different than preparing food to be eaten. To be eaten. Uh, I was never— of the school that like painted a chicken, you know, with corn syrup or whatever to make it look luscious. I prefer to make it look luscious without like weird doing the weird right. stuff. Um, but you know, as you see, every ad for food, every company, you know, has a food stylist who makes the food look as good as it possibly can. Of course. So I did that for a bunch of years, and while I was doing that. Some of the magazines that I worked for approached me to start writing recipes. Mm -hmm. And I did that in addition to being a food stylist. And I I loved food styling, and I was offered a couple of cookbooks to do back then. And I loved that. It was fun to work with Bruce. I would make the food. He would shoot it. Mm -hmm. And I I knew uh, I wanted to do that, but I kind of wanted to get into the writing more and and doing recipe development which mm-hmm. I completely love. Yeah. Well, I want to that's we're going to talk all about that, but yeah. Cool. And I worked for a, ma- a parenting magazine for like 19 years, mm-hmm. which was perfect. My kids were little. Right. And I worked at home. I developed recipes for the magazine and um it kind of became my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. And we then when we moved out here, I was at Child Magazine, a parenting magazine. When we moved out to Oregon, coincidentally, and it seemed unfortunate at the time, mm-hmm. Child closed. Like so many of the magazines, right. you know, publishing yeah. has changed radically. Totally, yeah. And so when I got here, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And then a publisher contacted me, and I, I did a book called The Portland, Oregon Chef's Table. Mm-hmm. And we... I interviewed about 75 chefs. I got a recipe from everyone. We we shot the food, and I got to know a ton of people in the food community, which was, you know, I wouldn't have been able to do that had, right. had we not, had I not had that had opportunity. Like a, that was your angle, not just angled sounds. <clears throat> not, yeah. All right. Entree. Benign. I hope that's benign. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, Entree into, with no pun intended, into the food community. And I did not. Really, it never had registered that when we moved to Oregon, there was going to be medical cannabis. I just, I think I did not know that. Mm -hmm. But when I moved here, I have a seizure disorder. Mm -hmm. I have a form of epilepsy. Mm -hmm. And I was at a dinner party and I met this guy. I was sitting next to this guy and we were talking and he told me that he had gotten his medical marijuana card for his seizure disorder which sounded like exactly what I had, not um, like not any of the like falling down, foaming at the mouth, yeah, like put a wooden spoon in your teeth, exactly. spoon in your teeth kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, uh, I had uh, absence uh, episodes where I just like didn't know where I was, and it was scary. But mm-hmm. um, and he said, you know, get your card. I this has changed my life. It, right. Do you know if it's a neurological thing or like it's a neurological okay. thing. as opposed to like being like blood pressure related yeah, or something. Yeah, no, it's um got it. Yeah, it's epilepsy and um it's definitely a, you know a neurological issue. And so I got my card and I started going around to dispensaries. And I had used I started using cannabis when I was 15. I just used it for fun. Right. And I started using cannabis. I talked with my doctor and I very slowly weaned myself off the medicine that I had been taking for my The epilepsy. prescription meds. Yeah. Yep. This is about 2012, 13? A little early. I've been here 10 years. Okay, so 2009. Yeah, okay. two, yeah. While I was in this process of trying to manage my seizures, I met this guy, Dr. Phil. Mm -hmm. I was in a gas station in Portland and I sat next to this guy and he's like, oh, you know, lovely to meet you. He's kind of a Albert Einstein-y, like mad professor looking guy. And I was talking to him and he said, I'm Dr. Phil, but not that Dr. Phil. I'm the marijuana Dr. Phil. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my goodness, you know, this is wonderful. And he talked to me, I told him that I had 
uh, this seizure disorder. And I told him what my medication was, and he said, it's poison. Right. You are taking the worst medicine. You've got to go off it. Use cannabis, and I guarantee you, you will be able to get rid of this medicine. Mm-hmm. So I worked with my doctor, and it took about three weeks to wean myself off the medicine sure. completely. And all the time, I was taking a little bit of cannabis every day. And a, really a little bit. It could have been like two puffs. Mm-hmm. And I was really... Um, and I stopped having episodes. It, amazing. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. I I stopped. I would have auras before I had a seizure, uh-huh. and that stopped. And within three weeks, I was just using cannabis. And have had... This is about six, seven years ago... Mm-hmm. The only time I've had an aura was when I had pneumonia a couple of years ago, and I couldn't. I had pneumonia once, and I still used cannabis. But I had it. I got it again a few months later, and it was worse, and I felt horrible. And I really didn't eat or drink anything, and I wasn't going to smoke. Yeah, I couldn't smoke, respiratory, yada yada. Yeah. yeah. So I wasn't doing anything, and like seven days into not using cannabis, I. I started to have an aura. So it proved to me that the cannabis was managing my issue and kind of made me a true believer because, you know, I I wasn't sure. It certainly would have been quite a coincidence if my seizures had... Magically stopped. Yeah. Um, But this showed me and it, I can use, it only requires the tiniest bit I mean, I I use a lot of cannabis, (laughs) so. um, But if I decided not to want to get high anymore, I I mean, it's really like a puff or two or a little piece of an edible. You really couldn't. You didn't really have that choice. Yeah. Um, So I've been. So that's been a life changer because when I would have an aura, I would like not be able to drive for a a bunch of months until like I was completely seizure free. It totally was a mess for my um yeah, my your day to day life. Exactly. Totally, man. Um so and the medicine really affected me. It was awful. So being able to make this change has been and it made me have a lot more respect for this plant. Right. You know, I, I've always like loved cannabis for fun, but this is a medicine for for me. Right. And it's a medicine that has changed my life and many people yeah. yeah 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 i'm like blown away constantly what you know when i talk to people who've used cannabis i have a friend who had an eye disorder she couldn't see like her eyes like w- was like bouncing everything she looked at was like bouncing and mm-hmm. horrible and she rubs cbd and uh, like a mix a one-to-one on mm-hmm. her temples mm-hmm. and her eyes like she can see focus her. or yeah. whatever, yeah. yeah. Huh. And, and you know, people who have surgery and maybe in the hospital they have to do what is given to them, you right. know, in their IVs, but have managed serious pain with cannabis. And yeah. I know so many people who were addicted to opioids and are not. They were able to transition to cannabis. So. Yeah. I'm like a true believer. Right on. Yeah. And so and so so you like sort of then started taking, you know, some steps towards joining the cannabis industry, right? And sort of combining you, you know, your sort of, you know, your 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 love of and talent for food and your you know, you I don't know, appreciation for newfound even, you know, or deepened appreciation for weed. And started this company, Lori and Mary Jane. Yeah. Um, I, when I started going around to dispensaries, I was trying a lot of the edibles. Mm-hmm. And mostly they were horrible. They were garbage. Oh, my God. It was like someone took a bud of cannabis, dipped it in chocolate, mm-hmm. and called it an edible. Right, and put it in no. a piece of plastic. Yeah. Or people would say, you know, oh, my grandmother makes these, you know, every Friday, and they're Rice Krispie treats. and But they everything tasted just so weedy. And... Some people like that weedy right. taste, but I don't want that weedy taste. I, you know, I want to eat something delicious that will, you know, get me high. Right. Um, so I came home when I got, I was at a dispensary. I bought a couple of things. I brought them home and I tasted, and I was like, these are really just 
horrible. And I said to my husband, Bruce, I think I'm going to go into the edible business because there really isn't anything very good. And I have, you know, I've been a baker. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. Like, I know this. I know how to do this. Yeah. And I mean, there was, it wasn't as easy as I thought because it's hard to disguise the taste of cannabis. You know, it's very strong. The flavor is very strong. So that was the thing that I had to learn. Since I knew how to develop a recipe, right. I think that the, the extra piece in making edibles is knowing when to cover the taste of cannabis or to allow it to shine right. through. Like sort of there like are some things maybe that Maybe not benefit. accentuate it, but like let it give it its own like yes, uh, what do they call that pen spot you know what i mean like yeah um i and there are some foods like mushrooms when there's a little hint of cannabis it, it's another layer of complexity and interesting it tastes good in that and also cannabis like with white chocolate i found great combination not no overpowering cannabis taste but enough, and and I guess you know it's a terpene thing, right? You know, right. it's it's the strain and what they're and terpenes, um, I, you know, I just I don't know if people know, but those are the compounds that inform the flavor and mm-hmm. the and the, the smell too, yeah. and the effect, yeah. yeah. So um, I and I can see when I'm cooking something that has a strong amount or like a lot of myrcene, which is one that will give you a, a relaxing effect, mm-hmm. but it also has some flavor components that I can work with when I'm when I'm developing a recipe. Yeah. So I like to work with a strain that is going to complement, that, that has the kind of terpenes that will work with the kind of food that I'm I'm preparing. I wish Emma was here to kind of jam with you on the uh, different the the ways that that um, you know different terpene flavors will will would work with with food. That would be fun, but she's not here. Sad, yeah. Sadly, I so, would love to talk with her. Yeah, um, that's interesting. Yeah. So okay, so let's let's say I want to ask you more about sort of the 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 recipes um, uh, part of it, the writing that you've done, and and the work that you do generally, obviously. So like your recipes have appeared in. Um, cannabis publications such as The Cannabis, uh, Dope Magazine, Oregon Leaf, High Times, as well as other sort of just like traditional media outlets like The Oregonian and The San Francisco Chronicle. Um, additionally, you've written for cannabis cookbooks since 2015. Uh, and and I wanted to sort of give a quick rundown for our listeners, like a handful of the infused recipes that you've published so they can sort of get a sense of what we're talking about here. And uh, bear in mind, you guys, this is all... Um, and fee, you know, cannabis food, steel cut oatmeal, granola bars, mac and cheese, vegetable tart, peanut butter, quick bread, white sweet potato soup, peanut butter and almond milk smoothies, stuffed French toast, skirt steak salad, lemongrass chicken skewers, you know? Uh, and then my favorite of course was the one that was just titled a weed infused cream of celery soup that will change your mind on celery. <laughs> and the celery was in italic. So that, that was, uh, um, you know, and, and I've, I've obviously like had a number of, you know, right. you know, not only of your products, but like I've eaten at your house. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, so. So, yeah. So, like, I'm wondering if you can sort of, um, you know, talk more about that R&D process. And, and I wanted to ask you, you know, what advice you might have had for sort of aspiring amateur cannabis chefs. Um you know, so like, so, but so that's a two part question. So the first one is like, what's the R and D process like? And then like, and I know we've we've talked we talked about this with Andy Bixel early on in the um in in the run of this show about edibles and sort of like like I forget there's a word for it, but like how do you make them consistent? You know, yeah, I mean? homogeneity, yeah, yeah, huge. or or whatever that standardization of of dosage is because you don't want to yeah. buy a package of brownies, let's say, and then one has all has all the weed in it, right? And then yeah. the other four or whatever are just brownies, right? So like, so how does that work? So like, so talk, tell me more about the R&D process there, especially for, you know, and what's, what, what makes you so unique is like, again, you're making vegetable tarts and peanut butter quick bread, not, you make brownies and cookies too, right. but you know what I mean? Like it's and, not, you're yeah. way, uh, you know, you're a level above as far as the food goes by and large. 
I think that there are a couple of challenges when cooking with edibles. We certainly, I have an advantage, and everybody who lives in a state where cannabis is legal, whether it's medical or recreational, the cannabis that you're going to get is going to be tested. It's going to be tested for pesticides and maybe what the terpenes are in the strain. But most importantly, you're going to know what the potency is. Right. So when I want to develop a recipe, let's say the vegetable tart, mm -hmm. I will think about what I want to infuse. So in that tart, do I want, am I going to make my own crust and infuse that with can of butter? Or am I going to make a crust, not infuse it, and infuse the vegetables that go on top? And, you know, it, va it varies. Right. You know, I can do either. The, the thing is, if you know the potency of this strain, you know how much to put in, and you don't have to worry that you're going to get messed up. You're going to give somebody a panic attack. Yeah. Send somebody to the hospital. Oh, my goodness. Right? That happens. Yeah, it happens. It's happening more and more and more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, my friend Gary, he had to go to the emergency room. It was terrible because he was freaking out. You know, he thought, and his wife, who was a doctor, thought he was having a heart, heart attack. attack. Yeah. And we're like, you know, he's probably just, you know, but of course, go to the hospital. He was fine. Yeah. But we... In, the, in our company, we like to, like, go low. And right. I, my feeling is if you want to know what your, like, your p comfortable potency is, when mm -hmm. you know the numbers and you can make a recipe according to the potency of your cannabis, like if you want to make a, like a serving be five milligrams and it's, you know, 10 serving um you know, food or recipe, you know how much of the infused butter or oil to use. Right. We don't want anybody to get so messed up that, I mean, it feels awful. You're not going to die. Nobody dies of an overdose of right. cannabis. But it feels awful. Yeah. It's and, serious business. Yeah. And people come to me all the time and like, oh, I don't know about edibles. You know, in college, I ate a brownie. And, and a lot of people have that story. So, you know, our, we have a motto, don't fear the edible. And we just say, go start low and go higher. And, and in the course of four or five days, if you follow the instructions, you can get to know what your potency is without ever having that bad experience. So what we'll say is, and some people can only tolerate comfortably one milligram of THC. I'm like a 2.5 guy. Uh, yeah. So, you know, everybody is different. You know, a huge person may have a very high tolerance, but also may have a low tolerance. Right. There's kind of no way of knowing right. until There's you no try. There's no traditional like two beers does this to a 200 pound man versus a 110 exactly. pound woman. Like that doesn't work. And yeah. 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 So what we say is, you know, start, do you have a lot of cannabis smoking experience? So at least people know what right. to expect or what they're probably going to feel. Yeah. But we're like, start with two and a half. And that in the evening when you have nowhere to go, right. you don't have to drive. You You're don't have to operate heavy machinery. Right. And start low and don't add to it that night. Right. If you don't feel anything, that's okay. The next night, take a little more, you know, and you'll be able to figure out. As long as you have the test, the potency results, what the best potency is for you. And there are people who can take a thousand milligrams of THC, right. which just like blows my mind. But, you know, it, it's just. Right, to each his own. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, yeah. That um, I've, I think that it's really easy to infuse, but. You need to remember why because you, you sorry you use like butter and oils and and things like that or like yeah you know, like how does that work? Yeah, so we have a choice. There are a lot of products now that you can use to infuse your like in our company. We in what we do is we take like perfect buds like a buds yeah. and we infuse we decarboxylate, which mm -hmm. means we're activating the psychotropic cannabinoid THC mm -hmm. and we decarboxylate which so that once it's activated then we put the buds into either butter or into coconut oil mm -hmm. and infuse the oil strain out the cannabis 
and that's what we use to infuse. So we we are a solvent-free company. Mm -hmm. So our people who eat our edibles are going to have a a considerably different experience than eating an edible that's made with a solvent, uh, which would be BHO or PHO. And there's all kinds of things now that have gone through some sort of process that has... For one, gotten rid of a lot of the terpenes and cannabinoids that we want to maintain in our products. Uh, And what's been a challenge for us as a company is we we get a lot of requests to do a 50 milligram single serving. Yeah, like one piece of chocolate. Exactly. And because we use oil and we're not using a perhaps tasteless uh, infusion technique, like a distillate, we have that flavor to overcome. Mm -hmm. So to do coconut oil and make a 50 milligram something, I I just don't think it would have the quality that we have. It's not going to meet your sort of, um, what's the culinary standards. Exactly. Right. And you know, it's something we talk about because the business, this business is changing. And we're starting to see a lot of very inexpensive 50 milligram potency products. There's cookies and right. gummies, and but they taste like weed or they taste like the solvent that's in them. So right. we've kind of pushed back on doing a, a 50. We do now, as I mentioned, I think cook, we do cookies, they're 10 milligrams. Yeah. And for me... I, don't, I, I can eat the whole cookie, but I couldn't eat two. And I could certainly not eat 50. And most right, of- You couldn't have five. Yeah. <laughs> Good yeah. God. Um, so that's, it, that's kind of been a challenge, but I think it's part of what sets our company apart. Yeah. That our product's always going to be the same, and there's not going to be anything questionable in the process. I mean, I you know I and, don't. For, and for what it's worth, in my opinion, the qual the, the 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 sort of art you bring to it, you know, or ex- certainly expertise as far as the 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 food making itself, right? Yeah, that. If I may say so. Yeah, <laughs> you may. Yeah. I I want the products to be. Like, Delicious. Mm-hmm. Like that's our goal. And I want the taste of cannabis to be covered up. And I, d- I don't want to like compete for the very lowest spot. Right. You know, we're lowest common denominator. Yeah. Like we, we have a reputation for being like high quality right. and a and a high that is going to be predictable. Right. And it's not going to leave a weird, like, BHO taste on your tongue. So, right, exactly. So, so um, the second part of my question, like, how, what do you, what do you, what advice do you have for sort of amateur, you know, cannabis cooks who, like, I mean, I guess, you know, you've published all these incredible recipes over the years. I mean, is it just follow the recipe or like, or if people don't want to necessarily follow your recipes, but they do want to sort of experiment with, cannabis cooking in more of a, you know, elevated sense? Like, do you have any sort of um, basic tips that you could offer, you know? I, uh, yeah, people ask me that a lot. And again, the first thing that I would say is necessary is having those tests. So having the numbers to work with. Right. Making an infusion is not difficult. I do have... Uh, steps on on our website, you know, a step by step infusion of cannabis or coconut oil. Mm-hmm. Sorry, let me ask you just because I'm thinking about it. Yeah, you know, we've talked about it's the the idea of decarboxylation is probably pretty rudimentary to you and me, but like, you know, that's basically that if you put just if you went to a dispensary and bought a you know a bud of weed and brought it home and just put it in you know like put it in food it wouldn't really do anything you have to decarboxylate it first which is heating it up you know most people use a lighter and you know right, roll it into a joint or whatever yeah. but but like what do you where do you what do you bake it at like how does that what's the what do you bake it you bake it right or no do i have that wrong uh we decarboxylate in the oven in the oven right yeah 
Um, it's a temp? rather smelly process. Mm-hmm. Um, Good smell or like like Christmas nuts, but weed, or is it like no, what the hell is going on? A little in here? bit. Okay. Like when um, we're making so have a good hood oil. Vent. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't like the smell at all of the yeah. oil being made. Um, I so I think there are a few things that you need to know. Like keep the heat low okay. because you want to preserve as much of the plant. So heat will destroy terpenes and cannabinoids. So we, I mean, we obviously we have to heat because we're making baked goods. That yep. we never bake above 340. Okay. And so I think the temperature is important. I think dosing. Oh, you had asked about homogeneity. Yeah. So one of the, you to make everything homogenous, you have to mix for a long time, which is a bit of an issue because some baked products, like you can overwork the flour and have a tougher. Right. So we, you know, we have learned how to infuse, what to infuse, and then how to get it into the batters and right. things and like when, without when to exactly. Right. Um, but when I, you know, tell talk to people or teach classes about how to infuse, I think low heat. It may, if you've made an infusion that's really potent, it may be that a quarter of a teaspoon is all the can of butter or all the can of oil you need to infuse a batch of, you know, twenty-four brownies. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I at the beginning when I was cooking at, you know, making edibles at home or making a dinner party and serving, you, I look and I'm like, oh, this can't be enough. Right. It's like, this is too little. That, But it's very concentrated. Right. And I think that keeping the temperature low, knowing your dose, don't, like, keep, when we do a dinner party, we try and make it so that nobody has more than 10 milligrams in the course of a meal. Mm-hmm. And then I'll do little add-ons for the people with the 500 milligram. Tolerance. You know, I'll infuse croutons for the Caesar salad. So I've infused the dressing for the Caesar, but it's only, you know, one serving is five milligrams. Then I'll infuse croutons. And if people have a higher tolerance, they can add it that way. Right. So not, you know, kind of taking into account that everybody has a different tolerance. It's been so fun, like, having dinner, going to dinner parties at your house because there's, like, little... There's little uh, like cards everywhere being like, yeah, yeah, you know what this is infused, not safe, you know, or not totally. safe, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I Mary is, you know, Mary is my daughter-in-law, mm-hmm. and your business partner, and my business partner. And I have to say, whew, I, I, there is no way I could have done this without her. Mm-hmm. She, you know, she's like a type A, I'm a type Z, mm-hmm. and. We work, we have a ton of fun, but she is the person who kind of keeps me uh, more professional. Like, sure. I, you know, I'm kind of, a, I'm just a little out there and I'm not a rule person. You're, and, yeah, you're, I mean, chefs and, you know, is like a form of artistry. Artists yeah. are not typically... I mean, the artists are certainly disciplined, but you know what I mean. Yeah. There's a there's an X factor when it comes to what you know the kind of work that you do, or sort of the kind of you know. And I'm I kind of consider myself that way too, you know. And it's sort of like yeah, it's we don't we don't necessarily um, we're not always the best functioning in like a business environment. Oh uh, yeah, right? yeah. I mean, I'm a disaster when it comes to business. <laughs> yeah, I you know, and everybody knows it in the kitchen. I just I kind of hate rules. Yeah, and you know, this industry is filled with rules. Right. That's some that are great and make right. a lot of sense and then some that are like arbitrary really? and what? ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So I just have to say, I'm sure I don't say it enough, but Mary like we hardly knew each other when we became business partners. Mm-hmm. But I figured if my son loved her, there you know Right. It, He's um, a good judge of character. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so yeah. So I'm more creative. I'm the one who kind of sort of the face of the brand yep. and uh and Mary's like happy to not do that. Not like be the if, face of the brand. Yeah. Yep. Um we yeah, she's shy. I mean I'm a little shy, but it's I, like to her that's like a nightmare. And to me if I had to do metric, which is the way 
like this business works. Metric for our listeners is sort of the in-house state system that keeps track of the cannabis. When you make, you know, when you sell from wholesale to dispensary, sell to retail, all that stuff, like it's all in one centralized system called metric. Yeah. And and it's a a very involved. I've never, by the way, never learned how to use it. Yeah, no, me either. I mean, they wouldn't let me anywhere near that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it literally tracks like when you're delivering something, you put in the time you're leaving your kitchen and the time you're getting to the first stop. Right. No, it's intense. And it just there's no way. You know, I'm not allowed to do labeling sometimes because I'm just like, like old and don't really care if the label's on. Right. But I know I should care. Right. So, you know, we have people who care. Right. 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 (laughs) You're so I mean, right. And part of being. Uh, you're part of being a good business owner, I think, at this point. At least what I've learned is like being knowing what you don't know or yeah. knowing what you hate yeah. and can't do. You know. Yeah. So, um, so you're you're doing okay. You know, what I mean, like, and, not, and nobody can do it all. Right. 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 And like, as far as like you being sort of the face of the brand, quote unquote, it's like you know you've been you've been you know you worked in media right i mean for for a long long time like yeah. you you like had a, you know whether or not you're a shy person like you know you you've you're you're a public you know you've you've published article upon article upon article you know over the course either on the back end or you've been you know um or whatever so it's sort of like you just it's sort of almost i'm sure somewhat second nature to you as much as you're you know as much as you may not like love it right. you know what i mean right and I'm mostly, it's fun. I'm like very nervous before, like, you know, just, um, and it's funny when I was working at a a magazine years ago, I had to do these little shows at FAO Schwartz in the morning. I was working for Child Magazine, Mm -hmm. so FAO Schwartz, like this amazing toy store. Sure. Um, We had these early meetings for like moms before they went to work, and I was so I had to talk about food and food for your family. And, oh, it was uh, – it had been years since I had had to do that. Like I think the last time I had to do it was like reading a, port, a report in front of the class, right. you know. Yeah. And it was pretty terrifying. I tried to think in my head that I was Katie Couric, mm-hmm. who I don't even know if anybody knows who that is right. anymore. But I'm like, just – like go into her and be friendly and be open. And I I've gotten better at it, but I'm not comfortable. But I think that I have a passion and love for this company and for this plant. Right. So once I get started, it's kind of easy to right. talk about it. Yeah, your passion for what you're doing sort of supersedes your yeah. sort of nerves or aversion to it. Um, okay, let's take a break there, and we'll come back and talk more about, uh, talk more with Lori Wolf of Lori and Mary Jane, and um, we're going to talk about the cannabis industry, uh-huh. the current state of it, um, which I both think we both agree is not great. Yeah, okay. Um, you are listening to This Is Cannabis on X-Ray FM. This is Cannabis is brought to you by the Craft Cannabis Alliance. The Craft Cannabis Alliance is a network of values-driven, Oregon-owned companies committed to defining, supporting, and celebrating authentic craft cannabis and building an industry dedicated to people, place, planet, and plant. The Alliance is leading the fight for interstate commerce in legal cannabis through the One Fix campaign. Export is the centerpiece of a successful Oregon industry that will support hundreds of farms and dozens of companies, providing world-class artisan products to legal markets and cannabis lovers everywhere. All right, and we are back. If you were just joining us, you were listening to This is Cannabis on X-Ray FM, the show that takes an insider look at the Oregon cannabis scene. My name is Lee Henderson, and with me in the studio is my guest, Lori Wolf, the founder of Lori and Mary Jane, a top-shelf, full-spectrum edibles company located here in Portland. Uh, my co-host, Emma Chasen, is off today. She's traveling, but... Lori's here, my my dear friend. And so for the second segment, I wanted to just sort of open it up and and hear your thoughts on, you know, the state of the industry, you know, what you've seen, uh, where you think it's going and and how you think you're you're going to continue to fit into it. Um, you know, I mean, we both sort of started out roughly the same time. Lots of lots has changed, you know, like what what have you how do you see? Like all the changes that have happening from from sort of the business you're in, which was different than mine. I, it's been a little disheartening. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I have never been in a business, let alone have a business. Like, I, I, it just blows my mind that I have a business. Right. Some days I like look at the kitchen and I say to Mary, how did this happen? Right. You know, like, whoa, we were just two people, you know, <laughs> cooking together. And we have like 11 or 12 people now. Um, I have seen a lot of friends not be able to continue. It's It costs a lot of money. Yep. There are a lot of rules. It's hard to find places to do business. Uh, hard to find rentals. Let's like talk if, about that for a second, because I know that you've had a hellish time over oof. the years with trying to find commercial yeah. kitchens that can that will allow um, for and then also sort of be um, allowed to cook cannabis in, right, or make cannabis edible products. Like, what's what has that been like? Well, we have a kitchen now that's our own. Mm -hmm. We don't own it. We rent it, and we rent it out to a couple of other companies. Uh, a lot once people either many people are not at all interested and it's i i can understand it this is still not a federally legal right. um business so i get that what bothers me more is the people who don't mind but they'll charge you 10 times right. what they would charge you if you weren't using cannabis we so we were in two kitchens before the one we're in now and it was just Horrible. Um, actually, we were in like one kitchen with Andy Bixell, who mm -hmm. you mentioned earlier. Friend of the show. Yeah. And good friend of mine. Yeah. So um, the ki kitchen we were in with Andy when she was making ice cream was just a disaster. I remember. The freezers would break. All her ice cream would melt. You know, when we, you know, it was uh. it was terrible. And then we found another kitchen, and it was kind of equally as bad. It was run by some challenging people mm -hmm. and questionable moral character or yes. yeah just bad business per people irresponsible or whatever you know I or think, both yeah i think a Everybody's little bit favorite bad people yeah. mostly yeah um and then we found our own kitchen we have the woman that we rent from her her name is sandra she's amazing she's very pro cannabis mm -hmm. so we're in a little bit of uh like where where there's a bunch of cannabis businesses in our little like yeah a like one of those commissary kitchens yeah sort of setup. Yeah. yeah and so we have and and recently so so it's hard because there's a lot of greed and I am um, that's been an adjustment for me because I have never been in business and I've sort of been in the creative end of right. everything I've done. I just, it's, I'm like learning all the time that, whoa, like they're only doing this because it's just money. And I'm still a little like hippie and they're yeah. still a little hippie yeah, yeah, in yeah. me. And I, I just, I'm kind of appalled by how greedy people can be and unreasonable. And um, it's, I, I know that what happens in a new, a completely new industry is that some people will make it, but a lot of people won't. Yeah. And it's not, it's hard to make it. Like there's been times where I've thought, oh, you know, I don't know, this is rough and people aren't nice, but I'm like, we're too far in, you know, to not keep going. Right. And, pot, and you're pot committed, as yeah, they say, we like are. in poker. Uh, and and, and it's, it is rewarding you know, as we grow and we get good feedback, it, it does feel good. But at the same time, there's always, you know, it's just lots of messed up things happen. And, and we're trying to comply with all the rules. But, they, you know, there are some challenges. And so it, it's been it's been hard. It's been disappointing. But it's also been rewarding. Right. To, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I mean, I've heard that sentiment basically shared by a lot of people that we've had in here, you know, and it's sort of like, I mean, it's such a crowded space now, it is. you know, yeah. and it's so um, costly, 
you know, yeah. and, um, and prices, I mean, wholesale prices for wholesale for flour have obviously dropped 70% have prices for like, has that, have, has that happened to you as well? Like, did you guys start out at an MSRP and now you're way far away from where you started or has it been, you know, re- a re- you know, even a reasonable sort of de- decline in prices or uptick in prices? I don't know. I actually have no idea. Definitely. Now we can buy flour for much less right. than we used to pay. And I think that there are still like top the farmers I feel like have gotten the worst of this yeah. business. You know, there's a glut and I know a bunch of farms that that haven't, you know, that are no longer around because yeah. it's been impossible to make a living and comply with everything. So for us with edibles we were we're definitely in the higher price, you know, like as you said, like top shelf. We're kind of, we think of it as like a boutique edible yeah. company. Yeah, yeah. You guys are an artisan enterprise. Yeah, for sure. We have had to drop our prices, and mostly because of the arrival of all these new cheap. Products that yeah, are out there, more sort of mass produced. Exactly. So um, we'll. I think that will be something we will battle forever. Right. You know, that's there's always going to be the cheap, like best bang for your buck. Mm-hmm. Like I still hear from dispensaries, there are a lot of people who go in and say, "I just want the most potent, cheapest thing I can have." Right. And I think there are less and less of those people, but. It definite the availability of those products has made us lower our prices. Uh, we have a cookie now that's ten milligrams. I think out the door it's five or six dollars. Mm-hmm. There are cookies out there that are five or six dollars, and they're fifty milligrams. I I don't want to say anything bad about, about those, those companies, companies sure, sure, of course. But though those companies are not focused. I think on what we're focused on, right. and, and there's obviously like two different types of consumers. Absolutely. I mean, those companies are are playing to that. Unfortunately, you know, I don't, and I don't really know anymore because I'm not. I, I'm just I'm so far away from like the retail part of it. But it's like, what do people do? People like predominantly do people want the 50 milligram cookie? Do they want the more sort of artisanal 10 milligram cookie? The more I think reasonable. But I mean, I'm. You know, I'm a two and a half milligram guy, so like I don't mean to sound um, uh, judgmental when I say that. I hope it doesn't come off that way. Oh, not at all. But it's like they're just responding. I mean, whether their ingredients are good or their business practices are good, that's separate from like they're just responding to what they think the market is. Yeah. Um, There is a a great demand for for that. Something easy, quick, you pop it in your mouth, you get 50 milligrams, you party. Or people, you know, medical people. Right, of course. So um, that's a different situation. And there's still, I mean, barely, but there's still a medical, there are some medical edibles out there. Those are the people who have gotten it the absolute worst. Yeah, it's it's terrible. Um, Because there are people in, in chronic pain you know, a fi- one a fifty milligram product isn't going to do anything for them. Like mm-hmm. people who need hundreds, um, but so there is a lot of competition. A lot of people entering the market with, you know, okay products, but it's not about the quality. It's about the the price. Right. So we have had to to do that. We've had to work with that, and you know, it's kind of we don't know. Like our cookies just came out last week. Right, and it'll be interesting to see if there is a market for a ten milligram. I know that it's at the upper, like the fancier dispensaries, um, are more interested. Right, in in having the quality. They have the fancier clients and yeah. customers, yeah. necessarily. But there are some dispensaries who are like, you know, no, no, uh, you know, we need a fifty, right. and we need it to be out the door at. Yeah, you know, under six dollars. So wow, that seems so cheap. Yeah, oh and we just don't want to right to do that. And then the other part of it, of course, is sort of like when we talk about the the competition and we talk about the people that are coming into the space. Um, so many of them are like hyper capitalized. They've got you know millions, if not tens of millions of dollars, which 
I'm not, you know, again, that's not a judgment, but it's just sort of like, it's just, it's a, it's a, such a, you know, it's a great example. And it's a, you know, the millionth example of just sort of like, you know, the, cause you guys are a family owned business. You yeah. haven't taken on any investment capital and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Like you guys are a homegrown, you know, grassroots, um, but like super, you know, super professional high end, you know, brand or whatever, you know, and it's sort of like, what's, what's gonna, you know, those I've seen, you know, you guys are doing okay, but like, I've definitely seen, you know, other friends of mine who, you know, operate along similar sort of, in uh, you know, uh, under similar circumstances that just can't keep going, yeah. you know what I mean? And sort of like, and that's, that to me is just a profound bummer, you know, if that's just going to be the way the industry you know, if that's where we're at in another 18 months, right? I yeah. Mean, I, you know, I don't know what's coming. I certainly, I read that, you know, big companies are, you know, growing cannabis. And it's, there are going to be like the Walmarts of, right. that are, you know, for cannabis. And I, I think, you know, what we want to do is remain, you know, grow, but kind of keep our small batch. Yeah. Ethos. Hands, yeah, yeah. It's it just feels right. It wouldn't feel it wouldn't feel right if we were like I I wanted to have this small family right. vibe. Yeah. Right. Right. You you know, it wouldn't it'd be so strange if I read in the Portland Business Journal that Lori Wolf had uh, you know, attracted a five million dollar investment from some, you know, somebody and you know, like I think that that would be the end of yeah. That would be the end of your sanity. You know yeah, what I totally. mean? Like I mean, that's that's what I mean. And 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 to be su- like super perfectly clear, like I don't, I don't begrudge the people who are coming into the space necessarily. Like if they're good actors, you know, and they're like treating farms, you know, uh, well and on all that stuff. I mean, I think there's a lot, there's a lot of good that people with, with true with really good sort of business experience can bring to this business. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, but there's a where's the balance, and you know, also just. Sort of, you know, again, one of the things that I, one of the sort of the missions of my, of this show to me was to highlight companies like yours, which are, you know, sort of, you know, Oregon born and bred and sort of respect a certain amount of craft and, um, you know, and, and ethos and, and all that stuff. You know what I mean? And it's like, it just sort of seems like it's just this, you know, it's an unfortunate, you know, byproduct of capitalism that just seems like those all those types of, you know, more and more I see those types of companies are. Yeah. Are, um, uh, can or can just no longer do it. Right. Right. One thing that we have done recently that I think will help us grow. Uh, we opened a CBD kitchen now. From, right. I was going to ask you about this. Yeah. So we have a CBD kitchen from Kraft Hemp. Mm hmm. Uh, we work with uh, East Fork East Fork Cultivars. Cultivars. Yes, they've been act- guests on the show, and, oh, and Nathan they? and Mason oh. are dear friends of mine. Oh my, they are wonderful. They're I great. keep saying so. They are renting space from us, mm-hmm. so I get to see them all the time, and I keep telling them they're making me a better person. And Anna Simon's like, oh, that whole crew they're are amazing. amazing. Yeah, yeah. T, yeah, T. There's Emily, who is just absolutely wonderful. Yeah. But they're a great group of people. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And so we source all of our CBD f- from them. Mm-hmm. So and and we're about to start. We we will be in new seasons and within the month. Whoa, yeah. that's awesome! Yeah, amazing! Yeah, yeah it's cool. That's awesome! Um, and boy, they are really the nicest store in town. I have to say, you know how they're like the friendliest store in town, the sure. nicest store in town. It's true. They have been an incredibly supportive. Uh, it's been partner to have. Yeah, that's amazing. That's great to hear. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's awesome about. Yeah, the I mean the woman Amanda who we deal with. Oh, she's so great, and she's like you know we we we're hoping to get the things on their shelves within the next three weeks, mm-hmm. but with you know we just had four twenty, and we just released cookies, and it's been just intense. Yeah, four twenty for our industry is like yeah. Black Friday. You know, it's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so so that's exciting. And I think that, and that's just such a huge market. What's happening with CBD yeah. is, you know, I, I'm amazed at how kind of quickly it. I, everybody I know is using CBD for something. Safer, like older people, yeah. you know, 
friends of mine, like people in their 60s, 70s, and 80s. Like, can you get me this CBD? Is that for real? Yeah. And and I think it, um, one thing that's true about CBD, and it's been that case with THC too, you really have to know what you're getting. Mm-hmm. Where uh, you're getting it from. Totally. Yeah. Um, and if, you know, if you can get it, like organic hemp, um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's been treated with weird chemicals coming in from other countries. Or grown in crazy, yeah. you know, on top of a toxic waste site. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, you yeah, know, yeah. who knows? So so working with East Fork gives us a lot of, like, confidence. Right. And it's been great. And Mary just loves CBD. Yeah. You know, I'm more the, a oh, little more THC, please. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But... Uh, so that's been exciting. Plus, we have this event space. So we're going to do some cooking classes and right stoned on. yoga. Right we on. did a stoned yoga a few weeks ago. No goats, sadly. But if you know about goat yoga? Mm-mm. Oh, people are doing like they there are companies that like bring the goats. Okay. And people are doing yoga and the goats like they put food on their back. So the little goats jump on their back and eat the food and... I was. I think I heard it on NPR. And if the goat should leave you a gift of one of their, uh, like you know, peeing or whatever, mm-hmm. you're supposed to think of that as a compliment. Okay. Um, so we're gonna do through the Amazing. summer. Yeah. Through the with the dispensary, Jane. Sure. Yeah. Wonderful. And so we're gonna do that with them. And we've had one so far. And oh my God, it was so much fun. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I don't do yoga, so I just watched. But Mm. um, I'm thinking that I'm going to learn how to do it a little bit so I can participate when we do our summer stone yoga series. Cool. Uh, That, uh, yeah. So they're like, oh, the CBD side and the event space kind of open us up for more, you know, more events and more fun stuff. So, Mm. you know, I think that's promising. And, because there aren't the same kind of regulations, things can happen much more easily. Right. You know, when you design your package, you don't have to send it, and you know, to the OLCC and 14 wait. Fourteen different revisions exactly. and wait for six weeks. And, yeah. It, yeah. Uh, so that's fun. And yeah, so we're growing. We're talking with a company in California, so we may have our products down there soon. Uh, I'm. I just signed a deal. I'm doing a new book, and that's going to be great. It's going to right on. Yeah, so I'm super excited about that. So yeah, it's a crazy business. It's but a crazy business. It's a, yeah. I, but what the, I'm hearing yeah. from you though is like you know diversify, uh-huh. right? Like uh, get into CBD, um, and and then get into you know events, and then if you can, write a book write a book you know what i mean yeah. like that's um yeah that's 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 it's great it's great that you're doing that it's definitely one way to keep keep it alive keep the dream alive during this sort of fraught you know yeah, depressing exactly <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean um, it, you know if things could be so different if we had a different government i right. think you know and i i mean that Cannabis is becoming legal, either medically or recreationally, in many states now. And I think it's not, I think that we're getting close to where we're going to have, you know, yeah. cannabis is going to be. And and I guess that'll have challenges and benefits as well. That yeah. I feel like, like we just need to know and embrace that we are not going to be the cheapest and the this we're going to be you know a a boutique brand yep. that's reliable and delicious and it's going to be appealing to people who like oh pro- may I don't even know if this is right to say but I don't think we're like the early 20s necess- you know I think we're right. the 30s the saying. 40s yeah. that people who are treating cannabis and edibles as they would wine. Right. Uh, you know, and so we're, I don't drink wine. I know nothing about wine, but we would be more the, yeah. you know, not the $80 bottle of wine, but we're not the $7 bottle of wine. Not right. that there's anything wrong with a $7 yeah, bottle yeah. of wine. No, I know exactly what you That's mean. That's just, just sort not of who a, we are. I mean, there's sort of, um, 
you know, one of the other, you know, like we've come to under Emma and I have sort of come to understand on the, doing this show is sort of like, how do you inspire that sort of spirit of connoisseurship, you know, and sort of that sort of refined, uh, maybe even the word sophisticated, somewhat loaded, but, you know, like sort of um, uh, look at at, you know, products and in cannabis, you know, which is going to take me to my last question here in a second, you know, like whether it's cannabis flower or it's cannabis flower, you know, or it's cannabis products or whatever, but like, what's, you know, what's the not, what's, how did, how are they different? What's, what defines good? And then what is, yeah. and then like, and then, you know, define good. And then, and then who's doing the good work rather than, you know, the sort of CBD uh, pills that you buy at, next to the cash register at a gas station right, that come from right, China. You right, know what I mean? Like, yeah. or whatever. Right. right? <laughs> so it's like, yeah, but I mean, you guys are, are definitely sort of the connoisseurs, um, you know, should be the connoisseurs pick, you know, or if I can put my thumb on the scale and say that, you know, but like, yeah, yeah. you know, you and among other, I mean, there are a lot of, you know, yeah. a lot of incredible companies Absolutely. here and that's, you know, yeah. like, and we've had many of them on and, um, and and sort of that's that was you know wanting to hi sort of highlight those um like what's happening here from from sort of that level you guys are at the top of that level so we I, I, we have, well, I have one more question for you we yeah. ask all of our guests at the end of the show um a final question which is how do you define quality cannabis um the flower mm -hmm. yeah yeah effectively flower yeah, yeah. preferably like flower grown with integrity and organic or as close i don't even know if cannabis can be classified unquote, 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 yeah, yeah. Um, but i know what you mean yeah i think that people grown by people who have a passion and it's that it's not about greed and people really need to know what they're doing and so cannabis that's consistent produces what the strain says it will produce mm -hmm. that the name of the strain is actually like what it is um and oh yesterday we visited a farm fresh p h r e s h mm -hmm. and it was a pleasure to see these people totally had their hearts in it right. and it had a great vibe the cannabis smelled amazing they don't use any crap uh it smelled right it tasted right so i i think cannabis grown with a few like i i can't grow a plant i mean i've had plants it's like a joke mm -hmm. um but i think integrity knowledge yeah that sounds pretty good to me all right yeah all cool. right <laughs> um, all right we have to leave it there Lori wolf thank you so much for coming on the show Ollie, this was thank great thank you so much yeah Lori and mary jane you can find them at what's your website laurieandmaryjane.com uh, you can find her cookbooks at Powell's and everywhere yeah. that cookbooks are sold. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you can find her recipes online. Presumably, I, I know they're on your website. Yes, I get recipes at laurieandmary.com. We have hundreds of recipes, plus we have a how to dose. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's like a, we have a chart that you put in the numbers and it tells you what a teaspoon is. It makes infusing and making your own edibles at home super like easy. yeah yeah super doable for someone who yeah also if people want to email me i am happy to talk with people about how to infuse something special that they want cool. to what's their email work on a laurie at laurie and mary jane.com like okay. someone wrote to me and like wanted me to help them they were making a carrot cake for their husband and they asked me if i could help so i worked with them and it was super fun that's, so i love doing cool. that nice. yeah right. and it keeps me from having to put labels on our tube tops there you go yeah um all right there, let's leave it there uh laurie wolf laurie and mary jane uh you are listening to this is cannabis on x-ray fm and we'll be right back this is cannabis is brought to you by the open cannabis project the open cannabis project is an independent nonprofit whose mission is to build a transparent and open source platform of cannabis data 
thanks to nearly 80 years of prohibition, cannabis is suffering from a bad case of both misinformation and missing information. The Open Cannabis Project is on a mission to fill this information gap, creating a public records database that can help bring fairness and transparency to everything from intellectual property disputes to lab results issues. Learn how you can donate your anonymized chemical data and help fill the information gap at opencannabisproject.org. Thank you for staying with us. You were listening to This is Cannabis on X-Ray FM, the show that takes an insider look at the Oregon cannabis scene. My name is Lee Henderson, uh, and my co-host Emma Chasen is off this week. And now is the time when we make recommendations. Um, my recommendation is just going to be a, is, it'll be a quick one this week. It's a, uh, a jewelry store on Division Street. This is going to be a local to Portland uh, recommendation. But there's a jewelry store on Division at 33rd called Vent um, that uh, I had a necklace that I needed uh, to get fixed. And um, I wanted to make a couple of necklaces for my daughters. Uh, and I stopped in there to see if it was uh, they, if this if they could help me. And the owner of the store, Carlia, was really really great to work with. Um, she's super cool, and she did some uh, really great work for me. And I really wanted to thank her, and so I wanted to shout her out on the show. I, I really recommend uh, this this shop again. It's called Vent. It's on Division uh, around Thirty Third, sort of like across ish from like Salt and Straw and sort of that part of Division. Uh, and it's, it's just got really, really cool jewelry. Uh, I want to go back in there and, um, buy all the things that she has. There's a lot of men's jewelry. There's jewelry for both people, but it's got some really cool sort of, um, I guess like kind of almost like rock and roll type men's, uh, men's jewelry. If you're sort of into that sort of thing. Um, but, um, yeah. So if you have, if you have jewelry, uh, needs as far as, uh, as far as, uh, fixing, uh, or if you are in the market for, um, you know, something cool to wear, check out Vent on Division. And uh, and uh, the woman's name who owns it is Carlia, and she's super rad. She's fun to talk to, and uh, they do great work. She does great work. So that's my recommendation for this week. Uh, that does it for this week's This Is Cannabis. Please remember to email questions and comments to thisiscannabis at xray.fm. Also, please be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle is at This Is Canna on X Ray. This Is Cannabis is engineered by Will Romy, and our theme music is the song Impossible OK by Portland artist Motric. Please be sure to check them out on Spotify. Wubba, wubba, wubba. Good night and good luck, and thanks so much for listening.